Are you ready to get the body and health you've always wanted? It's time to do it. This is Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and now he's all yours. Interviewing the pros in health, wellness, and the fitness field. Get educated and motivated. Let's get to work. From Austin, Texas, this is Bodies by Brent. And this is your host, Brent Ruska. Welcome to Bodies by Brent. I am your host, Brent Ruska, and on today's episode, we have Samson Abisanya. Samson is a coach, healer, and an empowerment guide who discovered the power of breathwork in 2014 and never looked back. On today's episode, we cover the biomechanics of breathing, why nasal breathing is so important, and how breathwork can help you free trapped emotions. We also dive a little bit into what it means to be a man, how a woman can support her man to help him flourish. I found Samson through Angie Lee. She has also an amazing podcast. I definitely recommend you check it out. And I've been following Samson for a while. And if you've seen some of his Instagram stories, they're very inspiring. They're very motivating. And I wanted to have a conversation with him for a long time. So I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to do so. Also, I want to start mentioning products I like on this podcast. And Today, I have a product I fell in love with. On New Year's Eve at my sister's house, we had this yogurt. I am a big fan of eating pints of ice cream. I love ice cream. And there's nothing wrong with eating pints of ice cream. But if your goal is to get lean, stay lean, maybe stay away from dairy, it can be a little bit challenging. Also, unnecessary amount of calories. 1,000 calories in a you know, a matter of 20 minutes or whatever is uh, probably not ideal. So this product is Kalina. It is a coconut yogurt, and it comes in the perfect sizes. They're small, kind of like little jam jars, and there's several flavors, strawberry rose, plain and simple, vanilla, blueberry lavender, peach cashew butter, sour cherry almond, mango orange blossom, and pink grapefruit. So some ingredients are organic coconut, water, organic maple syrup, pink grapefruit juice, pink grapefruit oil, agar, and probiotic cultures. This is the perfect snack if you're looking for something sweet. It's a treat. It doesn't have dairy or gluten, and it can help with your gut biome. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. Samson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. I've uh, been wanting to have you on for a while. Yeah. I was introduced to you through Angie. She's talking very highly of you, doing uh, breath work with you. But I wanted to start the episode with if you'd be willing to offer like a quick three, five-minute breath work. The sure. people that are listening can just kind of go through it and we this can just cool. drop in and just, <laughs> yeah. I love just it. demonstrate like, your literally threw me in the spot. So yeah, let's go. I love it. Okay, great. All right. So if you're watching, get to take this moment to, if you aren't sitting, definitely find a comfortable place where you can sit. If possible, since this was improv two, find a place that is with minimal distraction, minimal noise, so you can really have the opportunity to center, get focused. And then once you do that. Sit straight up, shoulders back, spine aligned, and just allow yourself to find that place of comfort, place where you feel centered. And there's no right or wrong way to do this, but however your body's asking you to do this. And just take a few moments to find what that is, where that is. Now take this opportunity to check in. What are you noticing? What is currently alive for you? What are you feeling? 
No right, no wrong. Just what is. Without judging or seeking to manipulate or control what's there, see if you could just allow yourself to be with it. Something powerful that happens when we allow ourselves to step out of the way, when, I, when we allow ourselves to just be with what's there. Oftentimes, there isn't enough time, there isn't the place, there isn't the opportunity, or at least what we tell ourselves, to give ourselves just a few moments to check in. What are you noticing? Beautiful. Now from this place, check into what your breath is doing. While we were investing attention inside of what was true for us, our body was breathing us. Without our conscious control, with the genius and the intelligence of our autonomic nervous system, The breath continues to breathe us. Now, what is yours doing in this moment? Where is it breathing? Is it in your chest? Is it in your belly? Whatever is there, just be with it. And notice the relationship to how you feel in conjunction with how you're breathing. Are you breathing shallow? Is it deep? All this is just information, just a way for your body to communicate what's there. And the power of being aware of all this is that we have the ability to consciously control and change what's there. Now in a moment, we're going to take a deep breath. But I want us to take this breath from the bottom of our feet all the way to our lower abdomen. So in three, two, one, inhale through your nose. Exhale through your nose. One more of those. Inhale through your nose. Exhale through your nose. Last one. Inhale through your nose. Exhale through your nose. Now we're going to increase the breath to about 50% from the bottom of our feet to the top of our abdomen and through your nose. Out through your nose. In through your nose. Out through your nose. Last one. In through your nose. Out through your nose. Beautiful. We're going to increase it to about 75% from the bottom of your feet all the way to your heart center. In through your nose. Out through your nose. In through your nose. Out through your nose. Last one. In through your nose. Out through your nose. Beautiful. Now we're going to move up to 100%. The bottom of our feet all the way to the top of our head. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. Two more. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. Last one. In through your nose. Hold at the top. 
and just feel out through your mouth. Allow your body to return to its normal breathing. And I'll just take a moment to notice where you're at. What do you feel? What's present? What sensations are there? Where are they? What's the difference between where you started and where you are? Just take a moment to acknowledge and thank yourself. A few moments you gave yourself to just check in. Just listen to what's there. Slowly allow yourself to come back to where you are. Do that by bringing and drawing your attention to your toes. You can wiggle them a little bit. Move the energy up your legs to your fingers, to your body. Whenever you feel ready, if your eyes were closed, you can open your eyes. Beautiful. (laughs) Groovy. (laughs) I dig it, man. Mm. Take me to the moment that breathwork entered your life. Mm. So it was about... What are we in 2022? So I would say almost eight years ago, I was already in my personal journey. How old are you at this age? At the time? Yeah. I'm about, I think, 24, 25. Okay. So I'm already in the process of my own personal growth. I had attended workshops, many workshops. I had, you know, invested in coaches um, to a certain extent, at least a certain level. At this time, I'm already working on my health and fitness, you know, and that obviously bridged the next aspect of my life, which was more the deeper um, aspect of my growth. And I actually got invited by a mentor of mine. Her brother-in-law was a breathwork facilitator and breathwork coach. For me, I'm just open, right? When it comes to personal growth, when it comes to just learning more about who I am, exploring more about who I am, um, I'm a yes, right? So I went, it was actually in Santa Monica, <clears throat> this yoga studio. I trust her. So we went and then a few friends of mine who were, that we I, we also knew they were there. So I think there was probably 10 to 12 of us very intimate. And he was just explaining, again, I'm curious, but I also feel safe. And then uh, it started, I think we did a a breathing style called rebirthing. And it's a two-part breath where, you know, you breathe into your belly, into your chest, and then you're out. And then this is literally for about 45 minutes to an hour, just straight through. I remember at the end of it, everybody else is already up. And I literally come up gasping for air. <sighs> And I look around and I was like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) And that night I realized, I mean, the visuals that I saw, just how I felt, I mean, the tingles in my feet, all that stuff, all the things that that come with, you know, just breathing at that, you know, at that level, I didn't know was possible with my own breath. So after that, it was just in and out. It was kind of like, okay, it was a one-time thing, you know, maybe it was by chance. Looking back, I think my system was like, okay, maybe we're not going to do that again right now. And then it would just come back in every now and then. And then maybe two years later, it came back into my life and I did it again. And I remember how I felt every time I do a session, even if it's a little session, you know, just that even that five minute session we did was, and I, and I do it every day, but it just grounds me, right? It makes all the things that I made matter, not matter anymore, really just brings me in. So I noticed I'm like, why don't I just make this a part of my practice? But I didn't really pull the trigger on that. And then this is when Wim Hof started to come around and Wim Hof really, he really popularized, you know, at least his style of breath work, but a lot of attention to it. And <clears throat> I mean, if you're alive, you're breathing. So breathing is as ancient as, you know, it's not anything new, but just the way he was able to curate it and at least <clears throat> make it popular by way of his being and stuff almost reminded me of like, oh, I remember doing this. So I became more invested in it. And then I remember being invited to this event uh, where it was, it was by Lululemon. It was a friend of mine 
who work with them and they just invited community leaders and you know i don't even know how it got in the room and i was like he's like he's like we've been watching you've been watching how you've been showing up and leading and stuff and we wanted to invite you and then there was just it was a group of maybe 40 men just different walks of life right up to big things and the first night <clears throat> there was a breathwork instructor there it was the it was the opening thing and then following an ice bath um he trained with wim hof this is the first ice bath? Uh, my first. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, That's always a special experience. Right. And this was what, four years ago, maybe? Okay. Yeah, I would say almost four years ago. Or maybe, yeah, three to four years ago. Shout out to Reese Peluso. And this time I didn't know him, but I remember him taking us to a, you know, a breathing exercise. And I was like, yeah, this, I know this feeling. I remember this feeling. And then after the ice bath, I just felt so empowered. And then after that, just... I know when, you know, I've done a lot of different things and after certain ones, I'll get this tap on the shoulder. Like, I want to add that to my tool belt, not just for me, but someday being able to support people as well. So after that, me and Reese just stayed in contact and we just got really close and, you know, we hung out, I'll go to his house and <clears throat> not knowing that we just got really close to that. He was like, listen, it's like, we would love to have you a part of our team and stuff and all that. So I love their philosophy, our breath collective. That's, that's the community that really brought me up and brought me in because they don't just teach, you know, the experiential aspect of breath work, but they really go into the fundamentals and the biomechanics and really the, the whole idea of why, you know, I love at least, and there's no right or wrong way, but why I gravitated to it this way is because everything is built on breath, not a style, not a trend, right? But breath. And if we can understand the power of our breath at the core, then you could build anything you want on top of it. So when I, you know, when I decide to really, really take it on and support people, for me, I really start to understand that consciously people are unaware of how they're even breathing and how much that affects just everything, right? Um, so, I mean, obviously I, I tried it in my own life, right? It's still a practice that I do every single day, even something as simple as the practice that we did just now. It doesn't even have to take that much. Maybe you set an alarm on your phone and every hour or so tell yourself, you know, create a prompt that says stop, take three deep breaths and you'll notice how you feel, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the, the world of breath for me. Um, and it's so much deeper than that. I just think, if you look at everything, um, is life is breathing. And if you stop its breath, it dies. And so it's, I almost, I feel like with breath, I can connect people to like, what is their source of life? Like they get really present to what is like the source of what keeps them going, what, what is actually making them alive. And obviously now <clears throat> it's funny to say this, but like, you know, breath, the, you know, just studying breath work and all that it's in its very premature phase. There's so much research coming out um, with breath and its connection to the nervous system and, you know, how, you know, it, it, you know, the, the vagus nerve and just there's so much that's coming out with breath that I feel like we're and it's funny because it's something that everybody does. Right. But it's also something that people are unaware of that they do or even know how to do. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's accessible <clears throat> by everybody. By, that's my favorite thing. When people ask me, I actually got the question about. A few weeks ago, I was like, what's your favorite thing about breathwork? I literally said my favorite thing is everybody has access to it. You don't have to fly somewhere to go do something special. No. Uh, and again, I've done that, right? I think that's great. Um, you don't have to be someone special to do it. You don't have to come from a certain background or certain economic status. Everybody breathes. So the fact that everybody has access to it is my favorite thing. Yeah. How do you, can you talk about the mechanics of breath and like the purpose of holds yeah. or <clears throat> yeah. the purpose of length of like an exhale versus an inhale or fast yeah. breathing? Great. So there's so much. And when you start to go into the, the, the biomechanics of breathing, you start to understand how you can consciously affect your state. It's almost like, <clears throat> and, you know, a mentor or teacher would say that, you know, breath or breathing is like a remote control to your nervous system. So when you start to, you know, understand what upregulation is and downregulation is and, you know, breathing in fast or breathing out slowly, you start to really see how it affects how you want to feel. So 
if you breathe in fast, it's upregulating, that is creating more, you know, energy in your body, right? It's, it's kind of turning the dial up. Slow breathing is relaxing your state, right? Um, and, it, you know, it kind of, it, yeah, if you look at, for instance, let's say, and for like Wim Hof, his style is a lot of pumping in air, a lot of upregulation. And that's why, you know, depending if you do a few rounds of that, right, you'll feel more energized because it, it's taking a lot of breath into very minimal exhale, right? You're like just dropping the breath or something that we just did, right? You know, a few moments ago where, you know, we take a few deep breaths and when we, we slow the exhale down, how'd you feel? Relaxed and present. Exactly. So if you just understand those fundamentals and it's like, okay, cool. I'm feeling a little like tired right now. Just pump in some air. And it's like, you just, you can literally pick yourself up or I need to calm my state. And you just take a few deep breaths, longer exhales, and you'll notice that your body would rest and relax. That's great. Yeah. How do you, what's, what's your personal practice now? I imagine it varies. Yep. Um, so yeah, what's your personal practice? It's a good question. It, it varies. Um, what I, what I normally do is I wake up in the morning, I check in on how I feel. Uh, and that's really predicated on the type of rest that I got. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, which is really different. I'm, I'm working on my nighttime routine. I'm getting better at that. So if I'm still a little, not groggy, but if I'm, and I'm, it takes me a little bit to like really warm up. So I need, I need my time in the morning, but if I feel it's a, a bit more challenging, I'll do some more faster breaths, right? You know, I'll do more Wim Hof style just to kind of get me up and get me going. Um, if I'm not in that state, I'll do more longer breaths, longer exhales, really, really slow and paced breathing uh, for me to like check in. Right. And for, and I do that regularly. I just love the ability to be able to check in and see what's there. You know, oftentimes I've been in, I've been in a, in a, in a space where it's just been, I've been operating by chance and not by conscious choice. So just my breath. And now the fact that I have a, a really great relationship with it, I'm more aware of like, okay, if I'm not rested for me, that usually is more shallow breathing. There's more like higher heart rate. Your body's, the body's literally communicating with you what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> so for me, I was like, okay, cool. Let me just give myself five minutes and just, you could even do something as simple as box, box breathing, four seconds in, hold for four seconds, four seconds out, hold for four seconds. Do a few rounds of that and you'll notice literally it's like, right, be able to get to a calm state. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. Do you have like a really good tip for someone who, <clears throat> is wanting to stay consistent or beginning breathing practice? Yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing is, is the consistency. Um, I, I think the reason is because we've taught ourselves how not to breathe effectively for such a long time that that's on autopilot. Yeah. Like, you, like we were talking about earlier, the body's built to breathe itself. You know, the nervous system is going to do it regardless. I, I have this running joke. I was like, on top of everything else that I have to, uh, really like be on, be on top of and work and, and, and manage in my life. Imagine if I also had to be in control of breathing, I'd probably be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I forgot. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I forgot to breathe. <laughs> right. So it just, it, again, it's for me, it's like things like that make me like, it really puts me in the space of awe for our bodies and just how it's designed. So I'm grateful for my body just because that's one less thing I really don't have to worry about. But if I can learn how to be in harmony with it, if I can understand what it's communicating and how it's communicating, everybody's different. You have to be able to really dial in and like tune into who you are and what you are. Um, that's the first thing, right? Then I'm, I'm empowered. So for me, it's a consistency in having a solid practice. And I tell everybody, set an alarm. I'm just going to drop this tip again. Set an alarm. Start here. Set an alarm. Maybe you have it a few moments a day. Maybe it's three to four times a day where the alarm is literally saying stop for two minutes, right? If you're driving, you're not going to stop, but like you hear the alarm and you know, okay, I'm going to take this moment to take three deep breaths, three deep belly breaths, deep in your belly, in through your nose, feel the belly, slowly out the mouth. 
Start there. Master what that's like. I'll tell people, track it. Notice what your body feels like after you do it consistently for a week and then two weeks and then a month. And then notice how the month affects how you are as a person. And then maybe you can do five deep breaths and then 10 deep breaths and then move into some certain styles. Obviously, there's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of things you can look up as far as breathing. But for me, the best practice is a consistent practice. That's the best practice. You know, it's the the experiential stuff is phenomenal, right? And I mean, <clears throat> we could talk about that, but oh man, leaps and bounds are made in those experiences. But doing that every time is unsustainable. The best the best practice you could do is literally just breathe how your body is designed to breathe. It's just like that's it. I love it. Just some mindful breathing. <laughs> mindful breathing and mindful nasal breathing. Yes. That's that's essentially what the nose is built for is designed to breathe. Can correct? you talk more about why <clears throat> nasal breathing? Because I'll yeah. notice even with a lot of clients, yep. like even my dad, I'll watch people to see if they're breathing in and out through mm-hmm. their nose. And I even observe myself. I can tell if I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. I'm hopped up on a ton of caffeine. Yep. I'm for <clears throat> sure breathing out of my mouth. Yeah. But why is <clears throat> nasal breathing so important? I mean, to simply put without, you know, getting technical, um, it's it's what our noses were designed for. Uh I mean, if you, if I were to show you a diagram, just literally like kind of like the inside of your face, you'd see the cavity of the the nasal pathway is a lot bigger than the mouth, right? But somewhere along the lines, and this could happen, this could have happened simply because, you know, traumatic occurrences, this could have happened because, you know, um, something along the line, like switched people to mouth breathing. And you notice when you breathe in your mouth, I'm not sure if you were ever a mouth breather. At night. At night. Bad okay. habit. Well, that is actually, it creates more stress in the body, right? You're not getting enough quality oxygen in, right? I mean, there's, there's so many receptors in the nose. Like you you get literally breathing your nose creates nitric oxide. Like it's designed for that, right? Like that's literally the, the, the quality way of breathing. So you're getting more oxygen, more oxygen. Like you're getting more quality oxygen, right? Now let's say you're an athlete, right? You're freaking out of breath. You just ran, you sprinted. It's, that's the body's, it's naturally going to go to the, to the mouth because like it'll get in more oxygen that way. Right. But eventually when you downregulate, you get to a place where you're, you're starting to kind of like regulate yourself and then you switch back up to nasal breathing. I mean, even in performance, you can recover faster when you switch to nasal breathing. It just, it just, it does it. Right. Like when you're working out, <clears throat> yeah. what is your breathing protocols? So when I'm working out, it's funny. I just, I more focus on nasal breathing when I'm running. Okay. Or doing some type of like, uh, uh, rhythmic endurance, rhythmic activity. Uh, cause I, and it's, it's challenging, but that's how I want to test myself. Now there will be times where, you know, let's say I'm doing some compound or power movements that I, I'll switch to breathing because it's like, okay, I'm going to move some like big weight here. I'm going to do some really challenging moves. Let me switch to this. Um, Switch to this, right? Really focus on, you know, keeping my body tight and get the air in. And then when I'm done, it's like right back to nasal breathing. I recover faster. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always try to, yeah, focus on some nasal breathing in between sets because yeah. I notice I just get a little bit better recovery and I can just give a little bit more. And it's a good opportunity to just kind of drop in and be more present in your workout. Yeah. So most people don't even know that they don't know the difference or they don't even know that they're, they're meant to be breathing nasally. I I use this example. I have a three-year-old and if you're watching this, you have children, right? You ever notice if they get like a cold, Mm. right? Or they get congested in their sinuses, right? Why they have a really tough time sleeping Mm. because their main pathway of breathing is obstructed. Mm. That's why there's a lot of discomfort for them. It's like, I can't really breathe. What is going on? So I always tell people, if you want to know what type of breather, look at your children. You'll know that's like, oh, that's how we're supposed to be breathing in and out through our nose. But then something happens along the lines. And, you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of things. I think a lot of it is also like pointing to trauma where, you know, something happens and then we switch. And then you you go to a style that matches now where your body is, which is, you know, high stress state, yeah. fight or flight, and you you keep that going. So, yeah. 
it goes back to autopilot just on exactly. the stress mode. Exactly. So yeah, the best way to breathe is the, you know, best way I could recommend is the consistent way of breathing. And if you're going to breathe, really practice nasal breathing. That's great. Yeah. Can you take me through like a client or two <clears throat> about how you've implemented uh, breathing and how it's changed them from, you know, first meeting them, yeah. starting to assess where they are and how you've decided to, you know, bring that into it and why you bring it in and how it's changed them. Yeah. So let's say if I'm working with a client, you know, in the fitness space. Or we'll just we'll just do like a client that's that essentially wants to use breathwork to like really upgrade, you know, their personal life. So Well yeah, so what would be the variety of people that would come see you? So it's not it's not specified unless people know mm-hmm. they want it specified. Um, when I'm working with someone, it's something, it's something that I do. It's like, I incorporate it. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's like, you can't be a human without breathing. So for sure, uh, it's, it's not going to be what we solely focus on, but I'm going to, I'm going to pay it. I'm going to like, for instance, with recovery, someone has just done their set. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to see, you know, their body language. I'm going to see like, kind of like what's going on their shoulders, right? What, what's, what, what's going on in their face? Right. How, what's, what's their, what are their eyes telling me? Right. Are they breathing in through their mouth or their nose? And then I'll just say, I'll just tell them to switch. Hey, take a few deep breaths through your nose. What'd you notice? I'm ready again. Hmm. So I incorporate in ways like that, where they understand that how their breathing cannot just affect them working out. Obviously, I have them take it with them. And then if they notice like, wait, I recover fast. I'm more relaxed. I'm not as tanked. I'm not as winded. Right. Like I used to be. I just apply that to my life. What can happen there too? So that's in the space where I train clients. Now for someone specifically who wants to use breath to improve their life or they want to primarily it's what and that's why this is how I work within this realm. They want to be able to, you know, feel certain things they haven't felt or meet certain things they haven't met or free up some trapped energy in their body. Or, you know, as I like to say, release the emotional constipation. <laughs> then <clears throat> that's a different ball game. Um, I do a breathing assessment with everybody. So we start off biomechanically simply because because everybody's different, everybody's body is different, everybody's bio biodynamics are different. And why biomechanics is because the more I can free up space in your body, the more I can loosen tight areas in your body, the more I can bring attention to, you know, instead of vertical breathing, horizontal breathing, instead of 180 breathing, 360 breathing, the more air I can get into you, the, the more healing, the more opportunity for your body to receive what it needs to receive. So that's that's why bio, biomechanics, some, some people's bodies are set up in a way where it's blocking the flow of oxygen, right? And as you know, more oxygen, more red blood cells, more red blood cells, more healing. It's like, yeah, so the more, more channels I can open, right? And this could be you know, something as simple as stretching. We'll use something called gorgeous balls to really, and it's a soft, it's like a soft mini bosu ball mm. and literally just massage like areas like the neck or the ribs or you know, the lower back or the, the hips to really just open up and bring conscious attention to breathing in those areas. Like when I first started, I don't say I was a vertical breather. I was more conscious. Like I was a nasal breather for a lot of my life. So, you know, I I've, I've had the, the fortunate blessing of like really understanding the power of being calm. Right. And I didn't know what I was doing, but now I understand, but I couldn't 360 breathe. I would only breathe in this section. And now like when people say breathing to your back, like you literally feel my back expand. And when I found out, I was like, that's wild. I'm like, wait, (laughs) what? So yeah. And you're able to do that. So there's the biomechanics and then there's the actual, you know, obviously there's a practice and stuff, but then we go into the experiential stuff. Um, And that's when I'll use different breath cadences, how I like to, how I set up my sessions. It's, it's usually half cadence and then half intuition. Mm. And the intuition comes in with during the pre-session, we really check in with the person and see where they're at, see what's, you know, what's going on for them, what challenges they're currently experiencing. And in that, I, I really get to feel into and learn what the person needs. Not everybody needs 
a freaking intense upregulated breathing protocol. No, some people's systems aren't ready for that. You know, that's why that's why one size never fits all. Yep. That's why I'm great that I was trained in multiple disciplines because it gives me the ability to meet people where they are. So some people, they just need gentle circular breath and it takes them to different worlds, right? You would think, oh my God, if I really pound it in, no, I just, everybody's different, right? So I'll check in and then we have the experience. And then, you know, uh, for me, every experience I tell, I tell my clients, like every experience that you have is the experience that you need. Right. Simply because you practiced your way getting here for all this time, it's not going to take you one session to get you to where you want to be. And it never is going to take one session. Right. So for me, it's really, really dialing in the understanding of patience and people being gentle with themselves. But more importantly, creating an environment where people get to be feel safe. Mm. I think that's that's the biggest thing, too. So uh, safety is a priority for me. And not just by saying you're safe. No, it's like really creating the environment where people can feel settled enough to allow themselves to go there, right? To really, really go there. And by go there, you know, it's releasing trapped energy, you know, releasing stored and trapped emotion, meeting parts of yourself that you haven't met. I mean, it's why I love breath is because <laughs> it's it's endless, there's no end to how deep you can go. There's no end to how far you can go. Right. And uh, that's the power of it. So yeah, that's, it's usually what happens with, you know, those, those certain clients. So without, I've supported people in, and, and I'm not claiming, and I say this all the time, I'm not claiming to be the, I'll never claim to be the healer. People heal themselves. I just support them in creating an environment and give them the tools where they get to do that. The body is built to heal itself, mm -hmm. right? But I've been fortunate enough to put people in a position where they can, you know, release and heal back pain, right? After they've been through, you know, the wazoo of chiropractic work and getting the MRIs and mm -hmm. acupunctures and all that stuff and come to realize it was rooted in emotions. And I've seen that, you know, I, I had a client today being like, I really think I need to get spinal surgery. Mm. I'm like, let me tell you, I've never had a client say that that's worked out well for him. Wow. And diving into her background a little bit more, uh, realizing she's got a bunch of kids, super stressed <laughs> out, doesn't have any time for oh, herself. Man. And then we just ended the practice where I just made her breathe for five minutes. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I think you should just let's just hold off on that surgery thing because let's exhaust every other thing. Right. And right. you're, you're, you're totally right. Can you talk more about how you've seen breath help people who yeah. maybe have trauma yeah. or, you know, trapped emotions yeah. or dealing with like anxiety, like the emotional piece of it and how yeah. breath can affect that. So trauma is a very complex subject that we're still, you know, unwrapping today for sure you know there's a lot there is a lot that is rooted in trauma that we don't even know is rooted in trauma right so i'm not going to get into trauma because that's a whole different topic and i mean there there are incredible experts that can talk about that but what i will talk about is what i've noticed in the area of utilizing breath to free up trapped emotions mm -hmm. and it's because when you're breathing a certain way like certain protocols and certain cadences cadences, right? The breath gives you the opportunity to bypass the mind and get into the body. See, our mind, it's built to protect us, right? It's built to ensure our survival. So anything that's going to bring discomfort is going to make sure that <laughs> we don't go near it, mm -hmm. right? So where we are as a society, because, you know, again, how we've been educated, how we've been taught, how we've been raised, what we've agreed upon as our world, the relationship to our, like a lot of us don't have, we, we haven't built a solid relationship with our emotions, right? It's, it's still very foreign. And without getting into too much detail, you know, growing up in households where, you know, 
you're told not to cry mm -hmm. or you're told not to have the tantrum or express your anger or your sadness because it's, you know, it's rubbing someone the wrong way. And then to bring my daughter into the mix again, she's taught me so much. She's reminded me of so much. My daughter will be cheesing, joy, bliss, excited. Then in a matter of seconds, switch to a tantrum. And I remember when this first started, it definitely triggered me. It triggered me in the way where it put me in a position of like feeling really uncomfortable because I remember as a kid, I couldn't do that. Mm. If I did that, that would sound off every alarm in my house and I'll be told not to do that. And watching her do that, I saw how natural it is. That's what we're meant to do. It's like if something comes up, let it come up and let it come out. And when she's done her tantrum, she's right back to where she was. Mm -hmm. Right? And then we think about, or I think about, okay, she has the opportunity to just free that. And, you know, in studying and researching, the reason why she's able to have her tantrum is because she feels safe having her tantrum. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, mommy and daddy are cool. I can just unleash. But when you think about many other people who doesn't, who don't have that opportunity, mm -hmm. and then year after year, you stuff it, mm -hmm. and then you stuff it, and then you stuff it. And because you stuff it, you create distance. And when you create distance, you don't have a solid connection or relationship to it. You think it's, quote unquote, bad. Yeah. You probably see this a lot <clears throat> in men, yes? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I see with everyone. See right? with everybody. <clears throat> but definitely men because of what the stigmas are around what men in society should be. So now years and years of trapped, stored, suppressed emotion often become ailments later because just like we can freely express joy or you want to share your happiness, anger wants the same opportunity. Sadness wants the same opportunity. It's interesting because what I've come to realize, and I share this a lot, is that they're the same thing on different poles, mm. the same exact thing on different poles, right? Just like it was just daytime, it's about to be nighttime. But without day, we wouldn't have night. Without night, we wouldn't have day. They're both relative to each other. So same exact thing. It's just the other side of the coin that we've demonized because of our ignorance, because of our lack of education and lack of awareness of truly understanding that those emotions also have a place as long as we know how to express them in a healthy manner, right? Like so when my daughter's throwing a tantrum, I just make sure she doesn't harm herself and then she can do what she needs to do. Yeah, let her express herself. <clears throat> and then she's done. Yeah. She comes back to balance. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it'd be like trying to stop someone laughing. Exactly. Yeah. So now you just, you just literally put it into perspective. People are walking around off center, off balance because they're emotionally constipated. Mm -hmm. They're seeking ways to do it, but because there's possibly not a relationship and years and years of suppressing and stuffing. And the more you do that, the, it's like the boogeyman. The boogeyman is scary because you don't look at him. And he gets scary because you don't look at the boogeyman. The more you don't look at him, the more he gets scarier. Yeah. So it's the same exact thing. So now there's this intimidation, this deep fear that's built with a lot of people who are afraid to feel because they haven't had the opportunity to. There, there is no, there's no connection. There's no relationship, right? So what I found is with breath, it creates the opportunity where you can literally bypass the, and it takes work to get there, but you could bypass where the mind wants to prevent that and get into your body. And when you're in your body and the body takes over, the body knows exactly what to do. It knows exactly what we think that it does it. <laughs> Divine intelligence. It knows exactly what to do if we're willing to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So with breathing and breath work, you're able to get into your body and free up stuck energy, free up emotions. And yeah, there's many sessions where tons of them where, I mean, yeah, the emotions I see. Is this kind of, so, you know, experiencing your own journey through starting to use breath mm. and you're starting to, where you're starting to experience these releases of emotions and touching different depths in the opposite plane and then was this kind of one of the catalysts to lead you to having a passion for helping with men's groups? 
Yeah. And it's not just specifically to men. For me, I think I didn't, I didn't wake up one day and say, Hey, I'm going to choose to help men. For sure. Yeah. Right. I think it was just the practice in my own life. Yeah. And people seeing like, holy crap, like that's possible. Do you have a moment you remember where you felt that, that power, that depth of breath affecting you on that emotional level? I mean, it's a number of different things. I would say breath is a part of it, but I think it's just, it's, it's an aspect to many other things. You know, obviously there's the spiritual side, there's the emotional side, right? There's a physical side, there's a mental side and breath essentially affects all those. Um, So it's a number of different things, but do I remember the moment? Or a moment where Hmm. it allowed you to access that peace and you understood. Oh, yeah. You understood that, wow, breath can have that effect to allow me to feel more fully. Or was your daughter one of those lessons that started to show you? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I said it. It wasn't just, I don't remember just one moment. I think it was a culmination of moments. Okay. My daughter was a big catalyst for that too. Just because, again, it's like kids are, you know, before they come of age are literally, the, for me, they're the purest form of what the divine is. They're the closest thing to God. <clears throat> and just watching them in their purest form, I'm like, oh. And when I start to really do my own research and then apply it in my life and, you know, in my lived experience, I realized, I realized how much tears I had on back order. Mm. I realized how much laughter I had on back order. I actually had a breathwork experience where I literally laughed nonstop for 25 minutes and I couldn't stop. I literally couldn't. The more I tried to stop, the more I laughed. It was, imagine a joke (laughs) that that was so funny that you laughed, like you just kept laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. And I'm like, what's going on? And my instructor told me, he was like, oh yeah, you, you know how you, some sometimes people would cry or sometimes like you just literally had like a laugh attack. And I was like, holy he's like, that's what you needed in that moment. And I realized, holy crap, there's there's laughter that I that I've stuffed down because, you know, maybe I had a story about being happy. Yeah. Or just just laughing. And I love laughing. So that's not something that I don't do in my life, but I'm like, oh, I probably had some stuff on back order. Yeah. Right? That's a good way of putting it. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, it's just, it really gives people the opportunity to, to, and if you're willing, if you're willing, it, like I said, the safety is the biggest thing. If you're willing to really just put yourself in a position to just free yourself and let the body do what it needs to do, everything that needs to come up will come to the surface. I mean, it's not just the emotions. Sometimes you need to shake, mm-hmm. right? And if we're talking in the world of trauma, right, it's like, when an event happens and you'll, you'll notice this animals are built to do this. They do this, right? A mentor of mine would share a story and she say, imagine there is a bunny running in this green pasture. And then all of a sudden it feels something lurking behind it. And it notices there's a shadow that's literally hovering above his head. till it plays dead. And it's a fox. Picks up the bunny, kind of shakes it a little bit. Doesn't really do much. It's kind of like eh, disinterested now because it didn't really get the kill mm-hmm. as a predator. So it shakes it off and then just throws it. The fox makes its way. And the bunny gets up, looks side to side, makes sure the coast is clear. And it shakes. What you see it do is shake the tremors from that experience, from that traumatic experience of almost losing its life. And why it does that is because the body, its body is naturally designed to shake it off, reset, and regulate so it can continue its life. But humans, we have the ability to do that, but sometimes we don't because, again, if you don't have the tools and the resources or the education and know exactly what's happening in your body, Right. You won't do it. So when we don't do that, that turned into that event now being where we live our life from. So now that area you may never revisit again because now that's stored. There might always be danger there. Anytime you may see a shadow, it may trip you up. 
Now you're starting to live from this place where the circuit is bro- broken mm-hmm. because you didn't let it go. You didn't give yourself the opportunity to do what the body needs to do, which is shake, let it all out. So you, I'll even notice that. You'll notice in some sessions where people will just shake, literally just shake. And that's a lot. Again, it's the stored up energy. I have another experience. Yeah. I was doing, I was in another session and um, so I was hit by a motorcycle when I was six, when I lived in Nigeria with my grandmother Wow! and uh, I was supposed to be going to a school event. My brother was supposed to take me and then he ended up going to go play like ping pong. It's a big thing in Nigeria. So it's like, you know, no problem. So I was being a big kid <laughs> and uh, he's like, just make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. And literally I think I'm here and maybe my school is across the street, possibly a hundred feet away from me, maybe even less than that. So I see this, I see the school. So I look left, I look right. I look left again, I look right. When I start the cross, I look left, here comes this motorcycle, smacks me. I literally get launched, bike flies in the air. And then I see him pick up his bike and drive away. That memory has come up many times in my own personal journey. And I thought, I've let it go, right? Done the work on it. This is when I learned that uh, there's there's an aspect in the personal development space that has a limit, which is just the mental. There's a lot of mindset work, which is great, Mm -hmm. but there's a level beneath that Mm -hmm. because the body remembers everything. Mm -hmm. When the mind forgets, the body remembers everything. The body keeps the score. So I thought, oh, I'll let this go. During this breathwork session, we're breathing and there's something called tetany. Mm-hmm. Or you get like alligator arms, right? <laughs> First time I've ever experienced this in years. And my body started getting tetany. And what I noticed, I immediately went to the memory of being hit by a motorcycle. And my body contoured it to what it was like when I was on the ground after I got hit. Wow. And I remember literally taking, just breathing through it, taking a deep breath and relaxing. Wow. At that moment, I feel that's when I actually completed the cycle and let it go, like freed it from my body. So I was 31 for 25 years. I'd kept something trapped in me for 25 years. And if we, if we understand the power of that, if you have trapped energy, then you can't use that anywhere in your life. Mm-hmm. Now you're, it's, it's kind of like, I always, I always look at it like this. I, I, you could think that you're operating at a hundred percent, but if an event took 75% of your energy, now you're only operating at 25% until you free that up. Yeah. Right. So that's also the power of being, being able to utilize breath to get into your body and free up the energy that's there, free up the emotion that's there. So it makes so much sense why this is such an important piece with working with clients. Yes. Because it's everything and it's so easily accessible. You don't need magic potions or special retreats or whatever it may be. I mean, that's great. That that has its place. And I, I, sure. also, I also believe that may not be for everybody. Yeah. Right. But breathwork, sometimes even breathwork isn't for everybody. Mm. Right. Everything is not for everybody. It's just but a tool in the toolbox. It, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So what what led you to wanting to work in men's groups? What kind of brought you that way? I just think because it's a practice I do in my own life. It's kind of like, you know, I'm I'm someone that it's just my lived experience. When did you kind of, you know, start gravitating? People would ask, you know, people would ask and I would get comments. I'd get questions and I realized, and, and here's the thing, I'd start to get like invited to certain conversations or certain, you know, works and you know, I'm still even working through my own story and belief. It wasn't until even recently that I truly, truly owned that I, I can do it, right? Because simply, I'm still, I'm I'm just, I'm a guy that has a few tools that, use in his, that I use in my own life and that's, that's it, right? But I think it's just because it's something that I, I, I did and I'm doing in my own life. And I, and I also, <clears throat> here's what's, here's why it's personal to me. Because as a man, I suffered, I suffered in silence. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I just think the side effect of 
what is expected from men in the world. One, it's so unrealistic and unsustainable. But then because it's so also unaccepted, right, unacceptable, right, it's, it's kind of like taboo for, and not taboo anymore, but it used to be so taboo for a man to express how he feels, for a man to be a man. And before he's a man, he's a human being. So if you're limiting his ability to express his pain, his tears, his sadness, you're, you're not just stopping him from being a man. You're cutting off his ability to be a human being. I just knew what I experienced, right? I suffered a lot in silence, you know? Thank God I, I at least had somewhat a relationship with my tears, mm-hmm. right? But I doubted it a lot because I thought something was wrong with me until, you know, I'd, I'd be in conversations and I'd, I'd feel, I'd talk, I'd communicate and realize, oh, or I'd hear stories and, you know, men are doing what men are supposed to do and still feel incomplete. Oh, right? So what do you think some of those <clears throat> expectations are placed, that are placed on men that maybe are unrealistic? That he's supposed to have it all together all the time. That you're not supposed to see him sweat. That he's not allowed to be sad that he should get over it quickly, that um, all he's built to do is work, 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 work. It's almost like even, and this could be even my own story, that it's almost taboo for a man to just be happy, right? So he's got to look tough and, right? And there's a time and place for that, but that man was once a little boy, right? Um, I mean, I could keep going down the list, but it's back to the example where, and again, it's, I don't think, I don't, I don't want to, it's not about blaming or people just don't know. Mm. I truly believe everybody has good intention and everyone is doing the best they can with what they know and they have. And what I was a result of was just what my father didn't know and what his dad didn't know and what his dad didn't know, you know? Yeah. What are some tools you guys use? to help support men? I think the biggest thing is one, one of the biggest thing, and it's not, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's simple. <clears throat> Sometimes a man just wants to know that he's not alone. Mm-hmm. And he just wants a space and an environment to express what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's something powerful that happens. See, healing cannot happen in isolation. We're not built that way. As humans, we're, we're relational beings. Yeah. We're built to connect with other humans. That's why during the you know the lockdowns, that's why depression went up. That's why suicide rates went up. That's why things got really more intense because you cut off the very innate part of us that we're built to do, which is connect with other human beings. It's literally, it's even how you understand yourself because we're mirrors for each other. So if I don't have someone to mirror me, I don't know what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yep. we're built to connect. Yeah. So there's power that happens in connection. So something as simple as having a conversation with a man. And here's the, again, so much importance with this. Create an environment where he feels safe. Because again, the taboos, the stigmas, it's not easy for a man to just share what's going on. No. It, it's also no accident why men have the highest rate of suicide the highest rate of suicide. A man is highly likely to die more from a heart attack than a woman. It's not just physical. This is the heart. This is emotional, like backup. Yeah. So just having an environment for a man to feel safe, to be like, yo, this is what's going on. And I've noticed, not just with myself, countless amount of men, when they are able to just share, possibly express the guilt, the shame, the sadness, the grief, what's going on in their life, I don't want to say it, it's, it is a solution, but it makes leaps and bounds in their life. And obviously there are other tools. There's the breath work. There's the, you know, there's, there's, there's a deeper work where, you know, there's other exercises and tools that we do, you know, these are longer, more immersive mm-hmm. weekends and retreats. Yeah, there's a lot, but just something as simple as talking and there's nothing right or wrong with this, but I grew up with the nature of my conversation with other guys, just being about sports and just shooting the shit. Yeah. 
And for me, just because I, I can't live on the surface, I made myself wrong for that for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I just can't do the surface. I could do it, but it's going to be a matter of time from like, and I could, for me, I, I'm going to love you. If you want to do that, great. Yeah. It's not your authentic self. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And here's the thing. I can also, I can do that as well. Like, that's my thing. Like, I love shooting the shit. I love talking about surface level stuff, but it, it's not what really stimulates me. If I'm around you, I want to get to know you. I want to connect. I want to know what's in your world. I want to know how I can support you, right? So, yeah, the nature of our conversations used to be just surface level stuff. And again, no right or wrong. But then it's because, in my opinion, where there is a collective agreement that men aren't supposed to blank. So now those unexpressed emotions, those unfelt feelings end up being manifested in a very unhealthy way. It turns into competition like unhealthy competition. Like mm, I could see that. Yeah. Run it. Like I want to like take you down. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, anger. Right. That's why I almost feel this is why anger also gets a bad rap because people only see the unhealthy side of it because there isn't an opportunity for someone to know how to express it in a healthy way. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an advocate for instead of demonizing the activity and the effect, how about we ask why? Let's look at the cause. I don't feel someone just wakes up and decides I'm going to be an asshole today. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is where I feel like compassion is needed. You know, a lot of deep understanding is needed. Being able to just be patient and just get into a person's world, get into a man's world and ask him what's going on. There's not enough of that. Right. It's easy to point the finger and say, oh, yeah, fuck you. You're an asshole. You know, I'm going to throw you here. Yeah. So a lot of women listen to this podcast. Yeah. They're either in long term relationships. Yeah. Young, old. How does a woman support a man to be a man? Oh, wow. So the first thing I would say, I mean, there's personal responsibility that has to be taken on both accounts. Right. But a woman can't teach a man how to be a man. A man needs to know how to be a man in the presence of other men. Is there a way she could support? Absolutely. And this is where there's a fine line because women also not just prioritize, they need, they need to feel safe. So there's, a, there's this paradox of I may not know how to feel safe because he's not himself. He's not showing up as himself. But if you're watching this as a woman, if you can rise to a place in your heart where you know where you know that at least he's doing or seeking to do the work. Just love him. Love him. Love him. Love and support him. Just pour love into him. I would even go as far as if he allows you to, see if you can hold him. Growing up, because my mom was that person for me, and when I say that person for me, she was the person that like <clears throat> where I really grew up in a really hostile environment emotionally, mentally, and physically. So I knew it happened, but my mind set it up in a way where I don't really remember my mom holding me. A lot of men, I don't think, have been held or remember being held. Mm. So just love him. Love him as best and as deep as you can. Support him. I think, I don't know how true this is, but if you're into the love languages, I think like 90% of men's love language is words of affirmation. Mm. That's wild. So if we're talking down on him, he's definitely not going to feel empowered. (laughs) No. Or if you're pouring acid on a wound, no. No. So see if you can like speak life into him. Now, I'm going to say this because as a man, you also get to get to a place where you 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 get to take responsibility for your life. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say expect it from the woman, but if you can support him and don't support him with an agenda because we feel that. We feel that. Uh, that's the best way I've ever heard any of that explained. Mm. That was very powerful. Mm. We're out of time. Okay. I could go on forever <laughs> with you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I want you to pimp yourself out. Where do people connect with you? Where do people find mm-hmm. you? Where do people reach out to have deeper conversations with you? 
Uh, so currently I am on Instagram, uh, Samson Strength, S-A-M-S-O-N-S underscore uh, S-T-R-E-N-G-A-T-H. Um, you can send me a DM if you're curious, if you have a question, um, you can send a DM. You can also, there's a link in my bio on my Instagram where you can book a discovery call and we can, you know, dive a little deeper and, you know, I could support you and, you know, kind of like where you're at and what you need support in. So, yeah. There's a lot more coming out this year, for sure. I love it. I'm very grateful for you being here. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Man. Hey man, I'm I'm grateful to be here, and uh, I'm excited about what you're doing. I think again, the more like I said earlier, it just healing happens in connection, and there's 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 a it's powerful to connect through conversation, through talking. Right. So thank I, you for the invite, brother. I agree, and I I look forward to learning more from you and checking out a men's group with you. Absolutely. Excited to have you, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank Thanks, you. brother. That was one of my favorite episodes so far. I really enjoyed that conversation. And something I want you to implement right now is a breathing practice. And just like Samson said, the best practice is the one you stay consistent with. That's just like diet. That's just like exercise. If it's too overwhelming and you set the goal too high, it does no good. So I've been reading a book called A Dose of Hope about MDMA-assisted therapy. And in that book, he mentions a very simple breathing practice. And what I like to recommend to a lot of clients is when they're in their car at a stoplight or before they get out of their car to go in their house or into work or they first get into their car, they do three deep breaths. So what I want you to do is sit nice and tall, place your hands on your belly or your lap, and really expand your belly when you breathe in. And what you're going to do is you're going to breathe in for four seconds. So breathe in. One, two, three, four. And exhale for eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You're going to do this three times. Four seconds in, eight seconds out. And at the end, just notice how you feel and then go about your day. This little tiny habit can create great momentum in starting to develop connection with how you're breathing and how you're feeling. Again, this is a very simple practice that should be pretty easy to stay consistent with. So set this as your goal for the week and try it out. See how you feel. Maybe even journal some thoughts. Maybe do it for five minutes. Play with it. Maybe play with the different tempos of inhales and exhales. Maybe you'll start doing eight in, eight out. But for now, keep it simple. Four in, eight out, three times. All right, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Please share it with somebody you think will benefit greatly from this. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and he's going to be here to help you get the body and health you've always wanted. Thanks for checking out the show, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you have an idea or topic for the show, maybe you want to be on the show, and you're interested in working with Brent, visit our Instagram at bodiesbybrentatx. See you next time on Bodies by Brent. Brent.